This is Emmanuel Today, taking steps toward God's possible in your life. It's now time for you to sit back and prepare for insights on your walk with Christ. Let's join today's message right now. This is Lift Part 4, I Can Love Because I'm Loved. Say that with me. I can love because I'm loved. Turn to the person next to you and say, you can love because you're loved. (laughs) All right, we're going to look at John chapter 3, verse 16, one of the most famous verses in all of the Bible. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is a powerful truth about the love of God the Father. Most of us will read that and we're thankful for what Jesus has done in our life. But I want you to back the bus up. It says, for God so loved the world. In other words, God had a great love for the world that he gave the most amazing thing. He gave it to a world and loved a world that did not love him back. A world that blamed him for everything that went wrong. A world that in reality regularly runs to idols as their source of strength. The world that deserves judgment, it says God so loved the world. The world may hate him and hate each other, And how many know there are people that irritate us? I I didn't get a show of hands on that one, but I I think it's probably true. And there are people who have been pushing our buttons and triggering each other for a long time over many different things. But if we all, as God's children, pull back and recognize that God loves everybody. He loves people we don't love. He loves and he gave his son up for everyone. He gave his son up for Packer fans. He gave his son up for Viking fans. He gave his son up for Democrats. He gave his son up for Republicans. He gave his son up for white people. He gave his son up for black people. He gave his son up for women. He gave his son up for men. He gave his son up for people who don't look anything like you or me. For God so loved the whole world. He loves the world so much and he won't leave us alone. You know, 2020, the epidemic of this year is actually loneliness. Because when all the noise is going on all around us and people are doing their own thing and political parties are bent against each other and forces uh, uh, online and social media are talking back and forth and who knows what facts are and what facts aren't and what's a fraud and what's not a fraud and all of those things are going on all around us. In the middle of all the noise, people feel alone. And when you feel alone, you do stupid things. You'll either do stupid things to yourself or to others. Loneliness can move a person into being something they aren't meant to be. And God so loved the world that he refused to leave us alone. I love what Mother Teresa says. says, She said, loneliness and the feeling of being uncared for and unwanted are the greatest poverty. That poverty of soul, that unequal distribution of the gospel, the fact that people are outside of the knowledge that God so loved the world, 
is a great driving force for us as a church to continue to worship God, dig into his word, and pursue what God wants us to pursue. Truly, the love of God is astounding. So much so that God loves us so much that he goes all in. He gives up his one and only son, not to conquer the world or to condemn the world, but to save the world. It's, it's, it's contrary to our rules. In fact, in, in humanity's rules, when someone ticks us off, we're done with them. When people threaten our well-being, we justify ourselves in going nuclear on them. We're okay with them as long as they think like us. But the ultimate expression of God the Father is seen in how much he is willing to pay for a world that is utterly useless. Think about this. When we are fighting against each other, when we're at our worst, God chose to give up his son. Our value is based on what the Father was willing to pay. You see, the Father values people differently than we do. He shows unmerited grace to all of us. How many are thankful he's shown you unmerited grace? He values people who do stupid things, who maybe are idiots. I read this week in Proverbs that you're not supposed to call anyone an idiot because that does bad things on your own life. But here's the deal. God the Father loves even the ones that you think are ludicrous. God the Father loves people. And Jesus consistently said that he did what the Father told him to do. So when Jesus lived on the earth, he did what the Father wanted him to do. Loving the lonely, healing the hurting, rebuking injustice. Jesus was driven by the Father's love. In other words, what was the propelling factor for everything that Jesus did? It was the Father's love. Church, in this day and age, the last thing that the world needs to see is us us be finger-pointing, angry group of church people calling out the world and all their wrongs. What they need to see is the heart of God the Father in his church caring for the world around them and letting people, turning the other cheek when we get hit. Allowing ourselves to function the way Jesus did. God the Father's love was in him. Can I get an amen to that? His primary factor in making decisions in everyday life was to listen to the Father. Jesus would listen. The father would say, go, and he would go. The father would say, stay, and he would stay. And that's a good principle for all of us as well. And when Jesus taught his disciples how to pray to the father, I want you to look at the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. This is how Jesus tells the disciples how they should pray and connect with the father. How many know that should be us too? Pray like this, Jesus says. Our father... In heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who have sinned against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Let me break it down again. He says, our Father, just beginning a prayer, we begin by saying, not my Father, not, Lord, I know you love my political party. I come to you in my little niche of the world. 
No, he says, our father, implying that he has a family and you're not the only kid in it. That you are connected to a father that sees the whole world. And by the way, there are people in Africa and Asia and in Australia and all over the world that don't give a flying rip what happened in American politics this week. God's children have a whole big plethora of experiences. And as we go to prayer, we're reminded that we are not alone. We are a part of God's big family. Can I get an amen to that? He says, our Father in heaven. Heaven is the control room, the place that makes decisions for the whole world. So when you talk to God, you're not going to him as an inferior person. Listen, he's above Washington, D.C., He is above the financial institutions of the world. He's above corruption. He's above all of the the, the governments of the age. He's above all of the political parties. He's above all kind of different music styles and everything else that people tend to lean into. Listen, he's above it all. He is in heaven, our Father in heaven. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, let your will come down on earth. Jesus showed us how to live this way when he was praying the night before he was betrayed and he was wrestling with God. And as he was to be betrayed, he was wrestling over, he knew he had to go to the cross, but he didn't know if in his humanness he wanted to go through that pain, to go through the, 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 the horrible pain of crucifixion. And then he turns to the Father and he says, nevertheless, not what I want, not my will be done, but yours be done. In other words, there's a submission of, well, I want this stuff, but I want what you want. So I resign what I want, and I embrace what you want. And sometimes the Father gives us stuff we don't want. One of the greatest dangers for those that are believers, that believe in the power of the Spirit, that believe in the present tense prophetic move of God in the earth, One of the greatest dangers is for us to say, thus saith the Lord, that's based on our wants. To speak out of my desires as if it were God. But how many know God has a way of revealing that on the other side of real experiences? People making prophecies that aren't coming true. Well, what's going on there? Well, they prayed what I want. And Jesus shows us, let your will be done on earth. Let it be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let it be done in this space. I don't like what I see, but I want you to come and move in my life. I want you to move in my family. I want you to move in my city. I want what you want. And so after I'm done praying what I want, I resign and accept what you want. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. It basically says, I, I'm going to stay in today, and you've given me exactly what I need for today. I don't need anything more. But later on in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus begins to say, listen, don't worry about tomorrow. It's got enough problems of its own. And he says, don't worry. Don't be caught up with worry about things you can't control. Instead, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these other things will be added unto you. Stay in the today kingdom. Lord, give me today the food that we need. Not just me, but the needs of the people that are around us. And then he says, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. This is really interesting. He says, as. Everybody said, as. 
In other words, forgive me, Lord, forgive us, Lord, as we forgive the people that have sinned against us. Now, I want to I ask you to do something today. I want you to make a list. Who's on your enemy list? Who's offended you? What people will you talk about this week after the election? Because whatever you utilize, Jesus says, as you do, it's like a measuring cup. Whatever you dump on somebody else is going to be dumped back up on your head. So church, hear me clearly. Jesus is saying, listen, we need to operate in forgiveness. The heart of the Father, yes, we may have been sinned against, but the heart of the Father is to love those, to forgive those, not to call out those. And again, as I've done all throughout this year, I keep bringing you the scriptures to tell us as a church that we're not to be calling people out, that God is the judge. And our, our goal is to be those that walk according to his will and let him be the judge. Amen? And he says, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Don't let us give in to temptation. There's lots of things out there baiting us, but rescue us from the evil one. This week, I'm gonna charge the church to pray the Lord's Prayer every day if you can. Let that come through you. Don't let the, the yield to sin come in. Instead, let the kingdom of God come in your life. Pray that through. Pray, Lord, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday, and I'm tired of all the news and the stuff going on around me. Will this ever end? Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Give us what we need for today. Forgive us as we're forgiving other people because we're gonna have an opportunity to forgive more people today. So help us to live in that and then help us not to take the bait the enemy wants to give us and stay true to the path that you've called us to live on. Pray that prayer. Pray the Lord's Prayer every single day. You know, as we've gone through this series called Lift, had the plane on the platform, we talked about the principles of God's word, which are eternal, that lift us up above all the craziness of the age that we're in, and it is regards uh, supply and how God takes care of our needs. Talked about one wing of the bird, uh, one wing of the plane, if you will, is, is stewardship and taking care of the resources that God has given us. He owns it all and we can trust him, amen? And it gives us a lightness of heart, a lift, when we know we don't have to carry the weight and the burden of making it through into the future. We just gotta be good stewards of what God has given us. And the other wing is the generosity, the capacity to love the people that God wants us to love. And because I'm loved, I can love. I can love other people. And the good steward understands that it's all God's and we are expected to take care of what the Father gives us, to, to watch over it, to wisely maintain it, to invest our time and our kids. And in this hour, you know, it's been a difficult year for parents. I want to just pause and just talk to you parents. I get it. It's been tough. So we're trying to raise kids and school and hybrid and online and everything in society is different and helping uh, maintain a sense of, of health physically as well as emotionally. It's not easy being a parent in 2020, is it? But I want you to know that has not escaped the heart or the eyesight of God the Father. 
that he cares about you as a parent, and that he still expects you to be a good steward of your children in your home, but you are not alone because he will bring lift to you as you partnered with him. He will help you, you, you do what you could not do on your own. God will help you. We also need to be wise with what we do with our finances. As Pastor Darren talked about last week, we just need to be good stewards. He was reading from the, the story of the, of the talents and, and the, the, the master goes away and he leaves us over the responsibility and we're to make the most of what God has given us. And so when it comes to our finances, we need to be good stewards. And as we respond to God the Father, we do the hard work of getting our house in order. We acknowledge him as the owner. We pay off our debts that the Father doesn't want us to have because those debts obligate us to a different future than the Father has planned for us. We build our house as wisely as we can, and when we don't know what to do, the church should provide opportunities to help us. So if you're in a place you don't know how to build your finances right, and you've got overwhelming debt, we've got Financial Peace University coming up in January here at the church, I encourage you, step into that. That's it's all about um, following the Father's heart and doing it his way and building your home God's way. And when you do that, God will lift you up. But we have to have plans. We can't just respond. We need to prepare for what God has called us to do. And our plans need to have the Father's fingerprints on it. We need to have the Father's fingerprints. So whatever we're doing as we prepare our life for the end of 2020 and moving into 2021, we need to be able to say, Father God, what do you want to do? To seek out the wisdom of the word, to follow the great wisdom of, of brothers and sisters in Christ who know how to, to, to live their life this way. We can learn from each other, but we need to listen and have the Father's fingerprints on our story. And listen, when we do... God will take care of us, and he'll also take care of the world around us. In Acts chapter 4, verse 32, this is the New Testament church. It says, all the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own. So they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing or lift was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. They were united in heart and mind. They felt that what they owned was not their own. They shared everything that they had and God's great blessing or lift was upon them. There's great joy in that God meeting the needs of our family in the church. Let me just pause here and just, I want to just talk directly to you, church. Look this way. I am so proud of you, Emmanuel. I'm so proud to pastor you in 2020. It's been a crazy year. It has been a crazy year. And I've had to learn to look with eyes of faith not just my physical eyes, because as the year has gone along and we had several months where all we had was online, and then we began to regather and there's been all kinds of challenges in the society around us and different mandates of masks and no masks and all kinds of things going on around us. And now we have the COVID thing on the fly again. I want to just say thank you for staying focused on the Father's heart because this year, every time we've gathered, We've come to our church 
or we joined online from our kitchen or in our living room or on our phones or we've gathered in a physical location. When we've come into worship, we've left the world behind, a table, if you will, behind as we come to the table of the Lord. We've left those other things behind and as we've begun to worship, the presence of the Lord has filled our hearts and our minds and we're reminded of who we really are. We're eternal beings, we're, we're saints bought by the blood of Jesus. And that God is building something new in us. And as we have experienced the freedom and the life of the presence of God, God has also done something through us. Because every single week we've been able to pay our bills as a church. God has helped us. We have not had to lay anybody off at the church so far this year. Because God is at work in the people of God. And on top of that, above and beyond our own needs, God is taking care of the needs of the community around us. God is doing his work through us as kingdom builders. We've been able to partner in the city. We've been able to bring toilet paper to a community and food to a community. We've swept the streets of rebuilding of Minneapolis and St. Paul. We've joined our sisters and brothers in locations around the world and partnered with them as they're feeding people in restricted access countries. We're taking care of the needs of the world all because we're following the heartbeat of the Father. Thank you, Emmanuel. Because I'm so proud that you haven't taken your eye off the ball. You stayed focused on what God has called us to be and to do. Can I get an amen to that? And when we do this, this is the promise of the lift of God. It's not that we're perfect people or we don't have bad weeks. It's not that we're not all battling things outside, but the miracle of the body of Christ is when we gather together, God does something in and through us. This next week, we're going to have our miracle offering, which we do every fall. And uh, you say, well, it's a miracle offering. It's a special once-a-year offering that we take beyond our normal offering that is just towards kingdom builders. It does not benefit Emmanuel. It's to touch the world around us. And I'm believing in the middle of a pandemic, after a crazy election, in the middle of whatever's going on at the end of 2020, that God is going to take our bread and our fish, and he is going to do a miracle. Just this last year, over $100,000 came in on our Miracle Sunday. I'm believing for even more this year because we got so many projects that God wants us to do, people's mouths to feed and, and to make a difference locally and around the world. And I'm believing that God is going to do something good. And I don't want anybody to feel ashamed in doing anything. I want you to be compelled by the love of the Father. So when you go this week in your prayer time, could you join the rest of the church family and simply say, Father, what do you want to do through me and our family? And let God begin to drop something in your heart and then become prepared to give that next week. And whether you do it online or you do it in our, in our buckets in the lobby or whatever it may be, it's irrelevant the pathway that you do it. It's more about joining with God. And how many know when you give generously, there's great joy in that. It's not benefiting you, but we're touching the world. Amen? And I just believe that the heartbeat of the Father has to come out through his people. And listen, the formula for lift in any life is found in James chapter 4, where he says this, and he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to what? The humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. 
Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. But humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up in honor. This is a great passage, and I wanted to read that full part for you. Because listen, it's not just that we're humbled and God lifts us up. No, it also says that when you are meeting together, you're going to experience a lot of different emotions. And there is a biblical principle of lament. When you do experience something that you did not want to happen, you can feel the pain of it. Go ahead and feel the sorrow. Feel the grief. Go through the steps of grief, if you will. Stages of grief. Go through that process. But then... Everybody said then. Then, as you humble yourself, recognize this. The God of grace will come alongside you and lift you back up. And when we do it the biblical way, and we're not proud people, we're not pointing the finger at the world around us, but we humble ourselves before God. God has a way of lifting the lowly in spirit and strengthening us so that we can be everything he's called us to be in this hour. God is not done with you. God is about to do something real in your life. And if you can move away from the other forces around you telling you to do different things and lean in to the graciousness and the love of God the Father, you will discover he still loves you. He wants to build you up and take you into the place where he wants you to be. Today, we're going to humble ourselves by observing communion together. And you were given a, a cup as you came in. If you're joining online, you can get your own juice and bread. But I have a table here, and we're going to come to the table of the Lord together. This is an act of humbling ourselves, recognizing in the table of the world and the table of social media and the table of politics and the table of finances and the table of, 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 of entertainment that's out there, all of that stuff isn't helping me. It's not building me up. In fact, I'm... I'm coming away from that. When we gather together as a church and I come to the table of the Lord, I'm coming to something different. I'm coming to that which is eternal. For God so loved the world that he gave. That he gave his one and only son. And as I sit at the table, I don't just sit here by myself, but at the table of the Lord, our sisters and brothers, from every background of life, every socioeconomic status, every type of skin color, every language background. We all come together, Democrats and Republicans, people that don't want to be either, people that are from all kinds of walks of life, all coming to the same table. And our source and our hope isn't found in any other well but the well of Jesus. We come to him for he he alone holds the words of life. And today, I want to encourage you that if you are in a place where you need the love of Jesus because you have been tired with the table of the world, that today you've come to the right place. When Jesus was betrayed, he sat down with his disciples and he said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. In other words, every time you gather, I don't want you to forget where your hope comes from, your source of strength. 
I don't want you to lose hope because your hope doesn't come from the news. Your hope comes from Jesus, amen? And he wanted the people of God to get back to the table over and over and over again because this is where our love comes from. This is what allows me to love people I would otherwise not love. It's what gives me hope in the middle of a hopeless situation. And Jesus, when he gathered together, he said to his followers, do this in remembrance of me. And I just want to pause. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can know him right now. Before we receive communion together, if you've never had a relationship with Jesus, you can know him right now. In fact, I want you to just close your eyes wherever you're at. If you're in here right now and you just need to give your life to Jesus or you need to come back to him, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, everybody else join right in. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth, you died on the cross for my sin, and then you rose from the dead and you are alive. Today, I surrender to you. I ask you to take over and be my leader for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. If you prayed that prayer, I just believe you can receive communion with everyone else today. In fact, when Jesus said, remember, do this in remembrance of me, he first took the bread and he said, this is my body broken for you. Of course, he is foreshadowing his death on the cross. The broken body of Jesus puts broken things back together again. If you have a physical, a need for a physical healing in your body, by his stripes or his wounds, we are healed. We can trust freshly for the healing power of God in our bodies today as well as broken relationships, things that have been broken up that we need put back together again. So if you need to have a healing in your body or you need a broken relationship to come back together, I want you to stand in faith for that right now, right where you're at. Stand in faith. Just believe God for healing in your body or a broken relationship to come back together again. Let's stand in faith. Lord, we just come before you and we believe and trust that Lord, by your broken body, we can be made whole. So we declare healing in people's bodies today. We declare the healing of Jesus. Lord, we pray life, creative miracles, a removal of cancer and other diseases, and a release of the power of God in people's bodies. Today we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Let us eat together. That same night he took the cup. In fact, if you can, I want everybody to stand for this one. He took the cup. And he says, this is my blood poured out or spilled out for you. You know, in 2020, as COVID-19 started racing through our country and around the world, there began to be new stories released of people who actually beat COVID-19 that somehow in their blood, they had the antibodies develop to beat the disease. Those people became very valuable to the medical community because their blood could help other people because it was overcoming blood. Their blood 
I could help another person overcome the disease. It's called convalescent blood. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ has convalescent against sin blood. He's the only one that has it. In fact, when we turn to him, he has the antibodies in his blood to set the vilest of sinners free. He's the only one that can bring peace in the middle of turmoil. He can calm a soul. He can defend a person. He can make a person whole again. And today we can trust that the blood of Jesus sent because God so loved the world is in this place. If you can with me today, let's just examine our hearts and embrace and thank Jesus for his blood before we receive it. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for the blood of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, it's overcoming blood. Lord, right now, I pray that, Lord, when we receive your, this drink today, Lord, in remembrance of you, that, Lord, you would activate the convalescent power of the blood of Jesus in the believer's life, that we would experience freedom and peace in our soul, that, Lord, that you release that overcoming, faith-filled attitude in our hearts, that we are going to make it, that you are with us in this journey. We trust you for it today. In Jesus' name, let us drink. Thank you for listening to Emmanuel Today. You can learn more about the various ministries that Emmanuel offers and see Sunday services live every week. Check out emmanuelcc.org for details. Please be sure to tell others about this broadcast that they could enjoy next week at this same time.